1: Earlier on the wake up call with KB and Andy. All right, welcome in on this Wednesday. Hanging out in the com studio. Three hours of Notre Dame Citadel post game. It starts right now on Just the shoot fan. Me now, okay. yeah. 5 the fan.com. It's the wake up call. That's the voice of Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dighton producing today's effort. Fellas, big college basketball night last night. Indiana in action, Butler in action, Indiana State. We can dive Dive in to all of that. Boy, the Hoosiers did not look good. KB was in South Bend. I'm sure we'll have some fun with that. A couple suspensions for the Colts. Mark Dighton did say to us, is this a year where the? it seems like the Colts have had more suspensions than any other year? That very well could be the case. We got you for the next three hours here on this Wednesday. KB, a very good morning to you, sir. Yeah, I think at this point we're at one
2: suspension for every Colts win.
1: Yeah. I think yeah. that's kind of where
2: we're at here into the month of December. Oh boy, did the Golden Dome look pretty yesterday.
1: Yeah. And then the game started. I, I would did say think the of order you. of
2: prettiness was the Golden Dome, three point Jesus, touchdown Jesus, more so for Citadel than the sure. game yesterday. And then uh, Greg Rakestraw when I showed him the combos in Mountain Dew.
1: Oh, he had to be happy again. For people that don't know, uh, Greg, Greg Strong, KB went up to the went to South Bend for the Notre Dame Citadel game last night. And poor Notre Dame, boy, they're not very good. They lost by what? Was it eighteen? Well, Was it
2: that much? Was the, it fifteen? Uh, that's putting it lightly that they're not very good. At one point there in the, <clears throat> in the second half, I thought to myself, "Oh, it's a nice gesture. They're going to let some of the fans play." <laughs> That's what they're going to do here. It was a nice Christmas. You know, Notre Dame's always been a very philanthropic university. Sure. that
1: The little Johnny will remember yeah. getting on the court there for the rest of his he life. He plays for the Penn Junior
2: Knights <laughs> or whatever here, and now he's going to get in the game uh, for Notre Dame. Uh, no, they lost by Ooh, 20. Boy, Andy. that's a rebuild.
1: Brother, that's a rebuild. I didn't know it was that much of a that rebuild. That
2: is a rebuild to the nth degree. Uh, Michael Shrewsbury will get Notre Dame to a Final Four. I'm bullish on that, but he. Uh, it's not going to be this year, he obviously. Was, he, he was a little stubborn in this first season. Yeah. And thinking, you know, what he needed from a whatever transfer portal standpoint.
1: Uh, Yeah,
2: and then, you know, last time was honestly a really busy night of hoops around the state. Like you said, uh, Indiana, everybody played early. You know, Rutgers and Indiana, or excuse me, Rutgers, uh, Butler and Indiana both at 630. Uh, Indiana State continues their nice non-conference, and that kind of sets the table for tonight. I am curious, 12 hours from now, what, if any, lineup changes does Rick Carlisle throw our way he mentioned yesterday after practice Andy he wanted to sleep on it to me the most obvious one is Aaron Neesmith into the starting lineup I would assume that comes at the expense of Obi Toppin but you know, part of me is kind of like what about Bruce Brown to the bench
1: Oh, I think there's two or three guys you could put on the bench, and you'd be okay with it. I know it. Bruce Brown's Yeah, $20 million But, you know, healed, guy. Yeah, but, I, you know
2: sure. he is used to that yeah. sort of role sure. in his NBA career, so we'll keep an eye on that. Again, no LaMelo ball for the Hornets. Uh, boy, it's a scary line for the Pacers. It's Star
1: Wars night tonight. How about that? They're favored by 10. Is it really? Yeah, it's Star Wars night tonight.
2: Well, I wish that could have been the case in <laughs> South Bend last night. <laughs>
1: You could have dressed up. Could have dressed up as a stormtrooper. You and Rakestraw could have put on your stormtrooper stuff. It was a stuff. beautiful
2: ride up. Uh, <laughs> the sun was just glistening off US 31. Rake had a story for every exit. Oh, I'm sure he did. It was just magical. He, I was just he, he knew the principal
1: up. and the AD uh-huh. at some, you know, at some Without school that's question. five miles away. Yeah. You know,
2: uh, at one point, we got into a rabbit hole in the 1994 NCAA tournament. Uh, we were, uh, you know, I was five, so I wasn't contributing <laughs> too much to that conversation. But Rake had the whole lead eight memorized and the leading score of the tournament, uh, I believe a Reeves dude from Arizona, for those that care. Uh, so it was, uh, it, it was a great, you know. Matty asked me when I walked through the door, did you have fun? And I legitimately did right until thirty-seven, thirty-five, early second half, they go on a 20-0 run. Thank you to Ryan Owens, Notre Dame assistant, for giving us a tour of their practice facility. Oh, good for
1: you. So you did uh, get some uh, behind-the-scenes VIP stuff. Good yeah. for you. Had
2: a cold one in the Morris Inn before heading over uh, to uh, the Joyce Center. Saw Jack Swarbrick, who was retiring at the end of the year. Uh, but yeah, that's probably enough for the Notre Dame Citadel talk before we. Before I want to gouge <laughs> my eyes out, let alone our <laughs> listeners.
1: Well, we have that obviously. So uh Indiana last night, I want to dive into uh, that man. and then a bunch of Colts things. Like you mentioned with the Pacers, I almost feel like they got to make some sort of move, right? I almost I, I don't know, maybe that's just me, you know, you know sitting up here on the microphone saying, well, you have lost four
2: trade. No, move?
1: no, no, lineup move. Yeah. Um but I wanted to just I wanted I have a couple Pacer things. Anthony Richardson speaking yesterday at a charity event. Uh we got to dive into that as well. I guess let's also Star, just a couple minutes here on Indiana to lead things off. I feel like, KB, with IU basketball, that I keep saying the same thing. And I think Zach Osterman in the Star kind of wrote something about this this morning as well, that like is... Is this, is this basically what Indiana is? And they're just going to be nip and tuck in a lot of these games. And it makes us project forward, even though the Big Ten isn't great this year, that they're just going to be a team that is going to struggle. We know they're going to lose a handful of games. And you hope at home you can win a handful of games. It's one reason why the you know, having the double-digit lead against Kansas was such a big deal. But Indiana comes back from 15 last night. We joked about it on the show. You said, "What would you do with more State? I said, "I would take the points." <laughs> That's exactly what I said. You were and spot I, on. Well, there. And I thought How they like might you should have taken money line they, at one point. they almost won money line. Uh, and Indiana was just listless last night. And it would be something different if it's like okay. You know, it's a it's a it's a Christmas week game. Uh, the, you know, the students are gone. It's easy to have a sleepy. You know, right before Big Ten play, you can have a little bit of a of a sleepy game. But but this is who Indiana is. Uh, I mean, they are just a middle of the road basketball team. And outside of an Anthony Walker played great. I, I mean, listen, he played a fantastic game. We'll get to some of that sound. Mike Woodson talked about him, but I I just I am very blah with IU basketball. I keep coming in here with the same take that I'm blah about IU basketball and that is this it I'm just kind of my hands you know are kind of up in the air I'm like I'm shrugging right now look like for Brian the, yeah, for the, yeah. for the, yes exactly pointing to the sky if you're on the YouTube audience and I just I, I don't know man outside of I like three or four of their players I think they have a couple nice role players but but in the end it, it may be Xavier Johnson can do something with this, but they are a sub uh, 100 team in the net. I need to look up what they, they're 87 right now in the Ken Palm and they are just kind of, uh, a a, a ho hum nit team. It's how they looked last night, and I, I I don't I don't know what other I don't know what other analysis to have. There's the small picture of this year. There's the big picture of your IU basketball. It's year three, yada yada. I mean, there's that. We've done that. I feel like like seven times already this season, and it's not even January. They're not even to Big Ten play yet.
2: Well, I guess you at least you avoided a bad loss, so you'll get a home yeah. game in the NIT. You know, with that effort <laughs> last night. Um Andy, they have had five games you would label as cupcakes, for lack of a better term, right? You've had the five guarantee games, if you will. Um, think about the five of them. We sat here and talked about Florida Gulf Coast without their best player up six on Indiana deep into the second half. We talked about Army. picked what, 350th in college basketball this year? Tied with Indiana with yeah. three minutes to go. Uh, we talked about... Uh, Army's 2-9 and nine right now. Again, 2-9 and nine this season. Wright State putting up an 80-burger on Indiana in Assembly Hall. Uh, then you go to the Harvard game. Harvard had a lead on Indiana at halftime. And then last night, Moorhead State, who, again, lost to Purdue. Well, excuse me, go back to Alabama. They lost to Alabama by 32. Alabama's what, fringe top 20 team? Yeah, they're okay. Purdue, yeah. obviously the number one team in the land, lost to them by 30. And Penn State, uh, did you just see what Michael Shrewsbury's new team did last night? His old team is not very good, and they beat Moorhead State by 23. And here is Indiana down 15 with eight to go. I just The the thought I had, Rake and I got in the car, uh, pretty much listened to the last, boy, what was it, probably 15 minutes of the game, and I thought, this is just utterly embarrassing that in year three of the Mike Woodson era for the fifth straight cupcake cupcake game, Don Fisher's got to get the voice inflection going like it's for the Big Ten title.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, what are we doing here? For I, more head state. I, I, I mean, insert all your sexual innuendos your, in your <laughs> here. The coach is pretty good. I just don't, I don't know what to do. Like I think Indiana I love fans how you just
2: threw in there that their coach is pretty good. Like, I like, like, their coach. like there is a justification uh, like for being coach. down
1: fifteen with eight to go to Morehead State. <laughs> he was like the ball by for John Calipari
2: of the helmet, Indiana University. Like, what, what? Especially in a day and age in college basketball, Andy, where there are quick fixes available to you that are like today's national signing day for college football. The world of this is. This day doesn't matter as much as it used to because of the transfer portal. There is the ability to, oh wow, Jalen hood Shafino had a really surprising freshman year. He's now going pro. Good news. You don't have to rely on Gabe Cups and who else in your freshman class. You can portal it to upgrade or bolster or further your depth, however you want to use that portal, and yet... You don't have that. And again, it is every single cupcake team that you've played on your schedule. We're not even talking about, you know, whatever happened to Auburn. Right. No, this is who Indiana is. Louisville. I mean, how Louisville would qualify as a cupcake team as well. Uh, And and I have thought this too about Indiana over the past few years. And this, to be fair to Michael Woodson, this dates back to the Archie Miller era. And this is a very Indiana biased comment. And I mean, the state of Indiana. Me growing up and having lived in this great state for my entire life, it is. Beyond dumbfounding to me, Andy, that I watch Indiana University and I think they are one of, if not the most, and I'm talking about the entire world of college basketball, they are one of the worst fundamentally inept shooting teams. Like, basic form of shooting. Maddie Bone can go out to the uh, the hoop in our backyard (laughs) right now and she'll make seven or eight free throws. I
1: will bet my mortgage on it. They were three of 16 last night from three. It's 18%. What were they from the foul line? Uh, fifty-seven percent. They were sixteen of twenty-eight, including Malik Renu, who boy missed two free throws to make it a three-point game. Now he did come back and he did make the you know the game-winning play on Lathan, who had thirty on him last night. I just I, I, it's pathetic. Do do it's the foul pathetic. line percentage again? Fifty-seven percent from the free throw line last night. Sixteen of twenty-eight. Indiana University.
2: The state, forty nine states, it's just about this is you know shooting this shoot, you know everybody can shoot. Oh, you know you're from Indiana, of course you can shoot.
1: You put you put the hoop up on the right. barn when you're a kid growing up. Like, they can't make uh, a free throw. I, they I, can't make a three, I and mean, they shot thirty nine percent last night. They were listless. I, I mean, don't know.
2: Maybe I should be more twenty to four run. What great resolve, Anthony Walker. This. How about Malik Renew's response after missing two free throws to defend on the final possession? No, no, I I I can't do any of it. Well, it, I think just, I think that's where pe- I
1: think that's where people are with 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 the program, and this is Mike Woodson's got to do better when he builds a team. I, I mean, it's all there is to it. I mean, you, you mentioned it. The fact that Gabe Cups is having to play thirty some odd minutes, and I know if we had you know an analyst on here, they'd say, "Well, Xavier Johnson, yeah, but Xavier Johnson is a fine player. He's one of these guys who's in college forever." Plus, with his injury issues last year, didn't you kind of know that you were going to have to rely on other guys? And even with him, you know, we've mentioned Trey Galloway is a nice player, uh, but Trey Galloway should not be playing thirty-eight minutes. No, I mean 38 minutes in a game. He should not be playing that. Gabe Cupps should not be playing 32 minutes like he did last night. I I just – I feel like with them – here's what I feel like with Indiana that's a big problem. They – the newness of Mike Woodson taking over is gone. You would agree with that. The new car smell is gone. Oh, for sure. Okay, so now what are you? Well, you're not a powerhouse. I can sure tell you that. And you're, not, you're also not in the rebuilding phase. So, like, Notre Dame's terrible right now. But, KB, you at least have – like, you're an understanding of that. And then you can say, okay, now it's up to Shrewsbury offseason portal recruiting development to, to flip the program. Yeah, I'm praying right? this is Fad yeah, Mata year one. Exactly. Shaka well, Smart and, year and, and one. And shout out, they cetera, beat Georgetown and Ed Cooley last night. It's like one of those things where it's like, okay, your excitement comes from – there is going to be a rebuild and a building uh, of a program. Indiana fans don't have that because they're not there. And they also no longer have the new car smell of Mike Woodson, but they're also not a good team. (laughs) Does that make sense? So it's not like the excitement comes from, Hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to be able to do something in the big 10. We're going to be able to do something in March. So, I don't know the avenue of excitement that Indiana fans can have this season. I am searching for it. And I think if you're an IU fan, you're searching how you can get better. Like Renew and Mbako and Ware can have good games. And it literally can kind of like stop there. And those couple guys aren't going to be enough to win a, a bunch of games. And they should have lost last night. They were very lucky and fortunate they did not lose last night. I I just boy, I said this that the IU fan is gonna start getting angry. A loss last night would have accelerated that I still feel like that's gonna happen. I don't I don't know if they can go five hundred in the Big Ten KB. I don't think they can.
2: Uh, you know, part of my uh, agenda last night after the Notre Dame game was I turned off the signal of 107.5 the fan um, <laughs> this morning. I, I know we were having some issues with that. The terrestrial 107.5. Mark, if you have any update, feel it's free resolves. to chime in. It uh, is resolved. Oh, yeah, There we go. Wait, well, so that's now it's quick. back on, so now everyone yeah. can hear Notre Dame Citadel uh-huh. talk <laughs> after <Yep>. that. <laughs> uh, a lot of basketball chatter on this Wednesday morning. Thank you for spending it with us. As Andy said, Butler off to a 1-0 start in the Big East. They take care of Georgetown, and, and that's kind of as they should, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, But still, nice sign from Butler as they open up their conference slate. Again, tonight, Gordon Hayward, speaking of Butler, in the building. No LaMelo ball. It will be the Pacers against the Hornets. That is their second meeting after Charlotte did beat them earlier this season. Nine combined losses for these two teams coming up tonight inside of Game Bridge Fieldhouse. And again, some Colts news. A bit of a shame that it is off the field. Seven? Yeah. Suspensions, if I'm counting that correctly, since June, that is an extraordinarily high number for the NFL, particularly for this franchise, uh, and and I'll be honest with you, and Stephen Holder's going to join us in 45 minutes, and, and you know it's something I'll throw Steven's way. I mean, 12 years covering this team, I, I cannot recall any in-season suspension, let alone three games let alone 3 games at this point of the season. Like this is for those that maybe don't follow the NFL news cycle as, you know, close as, you know, certainly I do. This doesn't happen. You do not yeah. see teams Suspend multiple players for three games,
1: let alone teams like in the playoff like, race. Well, guys that play. I mean, McKenzie's been returning punts all year, and Tony Brown's played, what, I believe I saw the stat, 71% of the special teams. You know, I had heard a rumor late last week that there was something that had some incident that happened between these two. I
2: mean, this has got to be quite the incident. I mean, like, you know, when you see this, it's got to be, in my opinion, something very re- repeated. Mm-hmm. Uh, something almost in the criminal sense. Egregious. Or, uh, yeah, I, I, you, boy. Um, So, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can get anything else, uh, any more on that uh, news cycle as well. The Colts back to work today from a walkthrough standpoint. Their first practice of the week coming tomorrow. Stephen Holder, 8 o'clock. Bob Kravitz, 9. Thank you for spending this Wednesday morning with us. Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney. Mark Dyckton on 93.5 and a working 107.5, the fan.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiscali Ribothyclyb 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiscali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiscali Ribocyclib 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiscali is right for you.
1: Hi, this is Mark Chester from Marshall Mechanical. On behalf of Eric Marshall and our whole team at Marshall Mechanical we would like to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. If you have a home heating emergency during the holidays, please feel free to give us a call at 317-738-5940 or find us online at callthemarshallnow.com Marshall Mechanical is your
3: trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning Dealer. Sip, savor, and win. Toast to making this holiday season a success with con's Fine Wines. Head to the Fan Contest page and enter for your chance to win a $50 gift card from Con's Fine Wines. Details at 107.5thefan.com. From the Drivehubler.com studios,
1: this is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
0: WIBC HD2 HD3 Indianapolis.
1: Coming up Wednesday on and Company, Colt safety Nick Cross joins us, plus the new IU head football coach, Kurt Cignetti stops by. fun begins at noon until 3. Come be a part of the company on The Fan. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5
3: The Fan.
1: I said this yesterday, except for um, us here on radio. Boy, it feels like nothing's getting accomplished at work, and I really feel like that picks up today. <laughs> I really feel like that picks up today uh, on a Wednesday. Reminder, you can listen anywhere, 1075thefan.com. Stream us live, take us anywhere. Download the free app, get the podcast, listen anywhere. Again, 1075thefan.com. Bob Kravitz going to be joining us top of the 9 o'clock hour, but you know it's a Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Stephen Holder from ESPN.com joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Stephen, happy holidays. Good morning. How are you today, sir?
3: I'm doing well. Um, I, I get it. I'm trying to work as little as possible, too. So well all good.
1: Okay, so on Monday Colts aren't doing a great job of that so, for you. Stephen. So Steven, I haven't even uh, Stephen, I haven't I am failing. No, they ha- yeah. They're giving you something to write about and talk about. You guys will find this funny. Uh me and Mark were in here on Monday and you know, so I'm new to the company and I just saw the company calendar that we had Friday off. So I thought we had Friday off and I found out on Monday we don't have Friday <laughs> off. We <laughs> well it's, exactly. a bummer. Like,
3: it's like it's like with my job. Like holidays don't mean anything. No. So. <laughs> No, they don't. No, no they, one year, they really I don't. Remember
2: twenty, like fifteen or sixteen, Stephen. The Colts <laughs> played on Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year. Oh, uh, exactly.
4: That's,
1: that the, that's uh... brutal. Uh, well, Stephen, let's start here again. Uh, Stephen, with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Um, is there any info you can give us? Uh, what's your opinion? I guess. Uh, let's start with the suspensions: Isaiah McKenzie, Tony Brown, three games. I mean, obviously, it was serious enough. The timing here: Tony Brown was playing a lot of special teams and. McKenzie was at least a little bit a part of the offense, punt returns, and everything else. What other information, if any, can you give us?
3: Yeah, I mean, first of all, those those are important roles, so I mean, we kind of just, it, it's easy to dismiss these as backups, but those are important roles. I mean, Tony Brown's role as a gunner on special teams, I mean, that's critical, and then McKenzie, I, I know that he had had some ups and downs as a return man, and that's fine, I get it. Uh, maybe Josh Downs is better at it, but Josh Downs is also really important to the offense, so that that's a sacrifice to have to put him back there as a, as a return man. So anyway, let's establish that first. The other thing is, in terms of what happened, I don't have the specifics, and I, I don't want to speculate too much. I will say that everything that's been told to me is that this is as, as egregious as it sounds. Let's put it that way. In other words, what I mean is this is very much... Uh, unprecedented at least in my time covering the Colts teams don't suspend their own players for three games that doesn't happen unless it's something extreme and it's obviously not something of a legal nature because we would hear about that you would think um, also that falls under the the personal conduct policy the league tends to handle those generally uh, so I, I don't believe it's something of that nature um, it I have heard I have heard rumors but I I don't want to get on the radio and talk about hearsay but but what I heard was was pretty egregious so I'll I'll leave it at that and and what I would say what I would add finally is that there are rumors on the internet I haven't seen anything that's remotely uh true from what I have been told, but but I'll refrain from going any further just because that's irresponsible, so I'm not going to do that.
2: Yeah, Steven's wording in his latest, um, he said the source told the of the nature of the violations rose to a level where severe punishment was warranted. Um, I guess a couple more, Stephen, on this front, and appreciate anything you can provide. Repeated offense for either or both parties involved?
3: I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh. Now, no, not, no, not to my knowledge, at least. Uh, so, now no I not to my knowledge just put it that way I, I, I but I can't rule that out because I don't know. do you
2: believe this is an incident that involved the two of them together I, I assume that's a yes
3: yeah they're, they're definitely yeah they're, they're the, the same the same action or offense put it that way yeah and, yeah. and they're, they're I, related it's not a it, what I heard was not a fight by the way to be clear because I know a lot of people have speculated that I have not heard that. I, I did hear some specific things. That was not what I heard. So I'll leave it at that.
2: And I guess the last one um, in relation to this, seven suspensions since the end of June for the Colts. Yeah. I, I would venture to guess, you and I pretty much covered the team throughout the same sort of time frame, that 10 to 12 year range. I don't know if they've had seven suspensions in the rest of the years added up together, let alone seven in a five month span. Yeah. Um, a story, a non-story, seven's a big
3: number. It is. I, I I struggle with how to kind of square all of it. I agree. We have to talk about it because that's a big number, and and it is disconcerting. I think the nature of the suspensions were, were very much, they ran the spectrum. So some of it was within the team's control, or I shouldn't even say their control. Some of it was where actions the team maybe has some influence over um, happening, you know, sort of under their nose, if you will. But then you talk about things like PED suspensions, you know, for for banned substances. You know, that's on the player. You know what I'm saying right, more right, so right. than anything. But I but I don't disagree that. Look, I mean, if anything else, what they have to be doing is they have to be, I, I think, really drilling down on this and and kind of imparting on these guys, like, we can't tolerate this stuff. Because ultimately, here's the problem. Regardless of the reason you get suspended, regardless, the one thing that is, that is always true is you're hurting your team. You're not available, and you are hurting your team. And so nothing else really matters. Why you got suspended, how it happened, should it have happened, none of that matters all that much. The bottom line is you're not there for your team, and, and that's the consequence of your actions.
2: I lied. One more on this <laughs> front. What, what, if anything, Stephen, do you think has changed since Saturday afternoon? Like, they were healthy and active. Yeah. Um, that is notable, but now they've been suspended for three games without pay. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you've gone from – you know go to your corner to you're in the state penitentiary like I mean that that is a yeah. big big difference so more evidence more detail I, I I don't know I'm kind of grasping at straws of what has changed in that you know whatever 72 hour window
3: it's a good question and and the right question I don't know the answer uh, I I think it's possible okay possible that they were just kind of working through. Uh, the decision you know that it may just be that simple but mm-hmm. i i don't know that for a fact i really don't um but clearly whatever happens presumably happens before um before saturday's game it, they may have been still getting to the bottom of things I, that it may be just that simple but i i, I really don't know but a good question
1: Stephen Holder with us from ESPN joins us here on this Wednesday on the Fan on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, I, I always go backwards before we go forwards to the game against Atlanta on Sunday. Let's go back to Saturday, down 13 nothing. Did you think the Colts were going to rattle off 30 straight points? And then to add on top of it, the DeMonte-Kazee uh, suspension, um, what did you make of Mike Mitchell, the uh, coach there on the Colts, saying, I don't know what to tell my my— my safeties anymore because uh, he gets suspended, obviously. Uh, Mike Mitchell talking while Pittman, you know, Pittman's obviously a huge uh, deal to this Colts team. What did you make of any of that, and what did you make of the game on Saturday?
3: Well, I I thought that <laughs> I, I thought that when they went down 13-0, I'm thinking, okay, well, given what I had seen in Cincinnati the week before, I'm thinking, okay, here we go again, uh, that they can't get off the snide. I'm thinking that that this is maybe a trend, and this is a continuation of the previous week. Well, I was wrong, and I'm and I'm very happy to be wrong. I mean, it it was actually a pretty impressive performance that they they put on there in uh, on Saturday at Lucas Oil. So credit to them for that, because that that's the Colts team that we saw during the four game win streak. You know, the team that that didn't back down, the team that that wasn't phased by. By anything that happened within a game, and that's part of the reason they are where they are. I mean, I think about games like, like the Baltimore game. You know, I know that that feels like seven years ago, but <laughs> I mean, it's still a really impressive win. I mean, they were they were about to go down fourteen nothing in that game, and then I think it was Juju Brents makes yep. a play and gets it a turnover, right? Yep. And so my point is, they have they have always responded, or they have very often responded well this year and, and shown that, you know, when, when they're in these adverse situations uh, that they're not fazed by it. And i tell you that I think is really a reflection of Shane Steichen and his staff. They, they've done a good job because they really don't have any right to have that kind of confidence. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, they've had a lot of injuries, the quarterbacks out for the season, you know, they had a three game losing streak. Why, what, why on earth would that team have this you know sort of, just uh, unexplainable confidence, right? And, and so I think it's because it's been instilled in them and they, they have a competitive guys and, then, and, and Shane Steichen has tapped into that. So to his credit. Uh, you mentioned Mike Mitchell. So <laughs> I would not have tweeted that uh, if I were Mike Mitchell, personally. Uh, but, you know, he's a grown man. I like Mike a lot. I think what you're seeing here is a product of Mike playing in a different generation (laughs) it wasn't that long ago sure no it wasn't but it was a long time ago in terms of today's rules and and how the rules are legislated now uh if he if he played right now he would struggle. There's no doubt about it. Cause Mike Mitchell was a guy who was out there head hunting. Okay. You know, he, he's from the Ryan Clark school. Okay. <laughs> if you, if you've been listening to Ryan Clark's commentary about some of this stuff on, you know, my coworker at ESPN, you know where he stands on this, right. And you know how he played. Well, I mean, they're, they are 2 they, they come from the same sort of cloth cut from the same cloth. So I get it. I'm not surprised. I guess that he would feel that way. But it is what it is, and and I, I understand the frustration on the one hand, but I also don't ever like seeing a player laying on the ground you know, unable to, to collect himself the way Michael Pittman was. Uh,
2: Steven Holders with us from ESPN. Steven, uh, one additional one on on that front. Um, how much of the s- suspension for Casey for the rest of the year do you think is due to a repeat offender? Quite often, frankly, uh, versus like – if Julian Blackman has that hit on Drake London Sunday, do you think the same punishment is there?
3: No, it, it's it's a hundred percent because he's a repeat offender. I mean, they spelled it out in the the release that the league sent out. I mean, you get a, a memo as a player when you get fined. You're, you and your team get a memo laying out the reasons that that it has that it has happens. You know why they've reached that decision, and they emphasize. I read it. I mean, they emphasize very clearly that this was a product of his, his past actions. You've been warned, you've been fined, et cetera. And this is about an accumulation of actions. And, and I think we've seen this already. And when, when there have been, there have been a couple of these recent suspensions for, uh, for these reasons. And, and for the most part, that has been cited as the reason, you know, when I, you know, that being an accumulation of, of, previous offenses. So that's what this is about. No doubt about it in my mind.
2: And Stephen Holders with us from ESPN. Colts back to work today. Walk through today. Practices Thursday and Friday. Um, any indication? Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, Michael Pittman's in the concussion protocol. I just gotta l- l- let that play out. Um, obviously it seems like um, he's in pretty good spirits. But anything Moss and Taylor related for this week?
3: So there's, there's a sentiment on Moss that that he's going to try to go, I think, I don't know that he'll practice today. I guess we'll see. But I did talk to him after the game. His his issue, he told me, was, and I don't know what the injury was. I can't speak to that. Uh, but, but he said that he was having trouble uh, gripping the football. I mean, his arm was kind of weak. That says to me something along the lines of pinched nerve, uh, stinger type of deal. I don't know. Schefter um, said just, shoulder, right? He did, and and that's why that's why I say that too, because it was indicated to him as a shoulder. I mean, and then when you put that together with with Moss saying that he was having trouble with strength in the arm, you know, that could be sort of a nerve type issue. I mean, I've had that going on for like six months now because of my, you know, of my. I, as you know, I have this great reputation for being, you know, a warrior in the gym. Right. So you know, oh, yeah. uh-huh. I get after it. Yeah. You're in the hard, Lawrence you know? Ring
2: of Honor for that. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, but but in all seriousness, you know, my my sad uh, efforts in the gym have led me to have this issue, and I and it does it results in my my left arm gets a little weak when I aggravate it. So. Um, that could be a very simple explanation. I'm not trying to diagnose it. I'm just, I'm just, you know, throwing out a possibility based on what he told us. So, hopefully, that's a good. Hopefully, that's good news. Um, Taylor, it's just, it's impossible to know. I think with Taylor, they're not going to know until he practices. They're just not. I mean, they have to see how he, how he controls the football and, and how he. Protects the football. I, I really think that's going to be the telltale. And so, until he gets out there, I, even if he's able to practice, I mean, don't you think that's that's a big part of the equation? At least for me, it is. You know. Right. So I I just think with that one, it's just hard to to project because. You, you can't project it. He has to demonstrate it for them. Workout
1: Warrior and Colts insider Stephen Holder joining us here on this Wednesday. If you don't video yourself working out, Stephen, are you really even working out? I don't know. That's a, that's a question for a different time. Uh, looking at the game on Sunday against Atlanta, Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke. Which one do you think the Colts want to face? And obviously, it's looking like uh, Taylor Heineke going to get the nod there on Sunday.
3: Yeah, it, it's it is going that way. Apparently, that's the decision that has been made. I think the thing about Desmond Ritter that I would say that the Colts probably wouldn't mind is that he is going to give you an opportunity uh, to turn the ball over. And for the Colts, I mean, that's that's been a, a very successful effort for them this year. You know, they have forced quite a few turnovers, and and, and that has I think had a big a big impact on their success this year. We probably haven't talked enough about it. I mean, it's funny, their defensive numbers, a lot of them are a little bit sort of average to even below average to some degree, but they've rushed the passer and they've forced turnovers. And those two things I, I think can make up for a lot of other maybe underwhelming uh, efforts on defense. And so that's how they've done it to, to some degree. Anyway, Ritter is going to give you the chance to do that. He's got 10 interceptions. I, I believe he has, I forget the number, but he's, he has numerous fumbles this year. And the Colts have gotten their share, you know, sack fumbles and, and such on quarterbacks. So we'll see what happens with Heineke. I mean, he he's had an interesting career. Uh, he's had moments when it's felt like, man, you know, maybe this guy could be a long-term starting quarterback. And then there have been other moments when it's like, yeah, never mind. I, I forget what I said. So, but I think that's what happens. I mean, when you're that when you're in that sort of range, um, in terms of results, you know, this is what you are. I, frankly, it reminds me a, a little bit of Gardner Minshew's career to a lesser degree. You know, a guy who is right on the fringe, but hasn't ever really proven or hasn't proven at least recently that he can be that guy consistently. So we'll see. I mean, the, the Colts have. I think he kind of fits into the same type of quarterback the Colts have faced a lot this year, frankly.
2: Steven Holder, ESPN, busy, busy man this time of year. Thank you to the Colts for that. Steven, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and as always, man, we can't thank you enough for these Wednesday uh, chats with us.
3: All right, hey, guys, no problem. I will... uh... Let's uh, just say a prayer for me that I make that Sunday night flight uh, from Atlanta and get ooh, back home.
2: <laughs> ooh, okay, walk us through that one o'clock kick. Flight time is
3: what? I should be fine. I think it's like nine forty-five. So now, I will say the Atlanta airport has legendary holiday lines. So hopefully everybody's gone by then. Though I don't need any home alone moments in <laughs> no, the airport. So no, yeah.
2: And Atlanta has I legendary traffic. Hartsfield behave on Sunday night for and no overtime as well. Amen. That. Amen. Steven, thank you, man. <laughs> Safe travels. <laughs>
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Okay.
1: Yeah, reminder coming up tonight, six thirty. Pacers coverage against Charlotte Star Wars night. I'm sure the Bowen household going to be going to be jacked up a bit for a full that. Costume. Uh, the Pacers definitely uh, need to put on the costume they had earlier on in the season uh, and win some games. We'll talk about that and much more. Bob Kravitz joining us here in the nine o'clock hour on the Payless Liquors hotline, bobkravitz.com, the website. Bob, good morning. Happy holidays. How are you? Same to you,
4: gentlemen. Same to you.
1: Well, thank you for joining us here uh, early this morning uh, just to clean up the IU basketball discussion and then we'll move on to the Colts and Pacers. Exactly. Uh, One-point winners last night. It doesn't feel too much like a win, and they have just... uh, I just don't think they're very good, Bob. I guess you can take it from there. I just think they're uh, kind of a generic team. They look like an NIT team, and it's year three with Mike Woodson, and that ain't good. What do you make of the Hoosiers so far?
4: Well, I'm not ready to bury them just yet. I want to see what they do with Xavier Johnson. You know, uh, I just think, you know, Gabe Cups is a nice little player, but he's a freshman. Uh, Galloway, I think, gets lost when he's got to handle the ball a lot. Um, You know, I remember, was it two years ago when they first made the NCAA tournament, uh, the play-in game, um, Xavier came in and saved the day. So I want to give him that opportunity again, but you're right. Uh, and I, I really want to thank my wife for making me watch The Voice last night and not watch. Not watch. Yeah, I was. I, I was following the game on my on my phone, and I was like, "Holy crap! They're down by 15 points or whatever it was." And uh, I went upstairs and watched the end of it. I was like, "My God, they're going to lose to Moorhead State." I just didn't think there would be a game, so I, I was like, "Yeah, fine. Watch your stupid voice." <laughs>
2: Wait, wait yeah, wait, Kelly Clarkson turning her chair around better than you know IU fans wanting to throw their respective chairs that they were probably exactly, sitting in.
4: Exactly, exactly. It was night. a
1: finale. It was a finale last night. I just oh, googled it. Big time. It Bob. was the Voice finale, season twenty-four. Great husband.
4: Well, that's that's why she put the heavy pressure on me, and I have no, I have no power. None, <laughs> and especially we, in my own home. Understand? We're
2: all raising our hands in unison with that. Uh, Bob Kravitz exactly. with us here. I guess while, while we're on the Indiana front, Bob, it is National Signing Day for college football. Uh, Kurt Signetti has certainly taken the mic and made a lot of noise with his words. Do you think there's a lot of substance behind those words?
4: Yeah, so far, I mean, you know, look, he's bringing in a lot of kids that he had at JMU. Now, now, will that... Um, Will, will, will that uh, work at IU in the Big Ten? I don't know. I mean, can a good prospect for JMU um, make it at this level? I don't know. But the fact that he kept Donovan McCulley, I think, was really uh, really a good sign. So it, it's hard to tell. As Signetti himself has said, I don't believe in, in, in uh, stars you know, a number of stars next to a kid's name. So we'll see. But um, certainly off to what appears um, from a distance to be a good start.
1: Bob Kravitz with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Pacers back in action tonight, and boy, we've been, the term we've been used is slump buster. That's what they need. Four straight losses. If you go back to, you know, from the Lakers game, really, all they've done is beat the lowly Pistons by eight points. Uh, Carlisle came on with us, and even in a couple different press availabilities has really kind of hinted, hey, I might change some things up. Where do you, what do you make of where the Pacers are now losers of four straight? And I kind of feel like even if it's change for change's sake, we need to see something starting lineup, something a little bit different tonight, don't we?
4: Well, I, I think we're either going to see Benedict Matherin back in the starting lineup for Buddy Heald or or Smith, uh, maybe for Bruce Brown. I think I think we're going to see a change. He, may, I was at practice yesterday, and he brought it up again yesterday that you know if he's got to make some changes in the lineup, he's going to. Um, they just gotta have more of a defensive disposition and that means knee Smith, uh, plan. Um, you know, I, I buddy healed right now is if he can't make his threes, what's he good for? You know? And I love the guy. He's one of my favorite players who's ever come through here. But, uh, when he's not knocking down his threes at, at a high rate, uh, he, he's, he's useless. And so, um, I would not surprise me to see uh, Matherin back in the starting lineup, and I, I think it's time. I, I think Benedict is playing good, uh, good basketball, and Buddy's struggling. And uh, I'd like, I'd like to see just in general, because I think, I think Buddy will be gone by the trade deadline. I think it's time to start and throw your your weight in with uh, with Benedict Matherin.
2: Uh, Bob, you know, when you think back to the start of the year, I feel like the Pacers' over under was like 40 some wins, kind of right, right around theirs where Vegas had them pegged. Right now, if you extrapolate out their numbers, it'd be 42 wins. Like, right. or, uh, is there an element of we're just kind of overreacting to the recent run of play and Waters found its level for a little bit? Or do you look at it and say, no, this is the time where the schedule is easy. You haven't had the big injury yet. You've had, you know, a lot of missed opportunities to so take advantage of that, and that's going to come back to haunt you.
4: Well, I I do think that that trip really, really messed them up. I mean, as great as it was for the organization and for the players individually, uh, that was a lot of time on the road. That was, what, 12 12 days, uh, a number of games, uh, some really bad travel situations uh, uh, involved there where they get in the day of the game. So I, I think you can overreact at the same time you know, they lost all those winnable games early in the season to uh, at home to Portland and, and Chicago and Charlotte. And so I, I think they are what they are, which is a 42-45 to 45 win team. I don't think they are what they showed uh, in the tournament, but they're not quite as bad as what they're showing now. Uh, I, I wouldn't panic. Would, would I make a change in the lineup? Yes. I would definitely make a change in the lineup. Whether that's uh, Matherin or uh, you know or, or Niesmith, but uh, I, I think this is essentially who they are. I picked them to win forty-four, so that's they're 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 pretty much uh, en route to to where most I think most people expected them to
3: be.
2: He Is Bob Kravitz again? BobKravitz.com com, where you can find his work. He's with us here on the Payless Sickers Hotline. Bob, I can't recall uh, really any time I have seen a Colts team suspend two players in season no. for three games uh, without pay. I mean, that is just – that headline was kind of jarring to see. What do you make of it? What do you make of anything of seven suspensions for the franchise since the end of June?
4: Well, I mean, some of them were, were uh, uh, league suspensions, so you obviously have no uh, control over that. But I like the accountability piece. Um I don't know what these guys did. It had to be really, really bad because we, we just don't see this. Uh, I, I was talking with, uh, or I was t- texting with holder. I, maybe I tweeted him. Who knows? Anyway, uh, he, he, I don't, I cannot remember a team suspension like this, especially at this length. I mean, three games, It's the rest of the rest of the football season, the regular season. Anyway, um, so something really heinous must have gone on. Um, I have absolutely no idea what, what may have precipitated this. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I, think, I think Shane Steichen has, has laid down the law with this team. I think uh, the decision to let Shaq go was another sign to the whole team. That accountability is gonna. There's gonna be accountability with this group, and uh, so I have I have no problem with it. That said, I have no idea what they're being suspended for.
1: Bob Kravitz with us here on The Fan. He's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, before we look at the game in Atlanta on Sunday, I'm sure you have seen a lot of those Colts and Steelers games over the years, had not beat the Steelers since 2008. <laughs> what did you make? You're sitting there watching that game, and Shane Steichen runs the ball down their throat 14 straight times, and the Colts score 30 unanswered points for the win on Saturday.
4: Yeah, best, best performance of the year by a lot. Um, you know, and, and I, I think we're you know, look, uh, Gardner Minshew is not Anthony Richardson, but you know what? He's pretty damn good. He's pretty damn good. I mean, right. I I looked up last night, see where he was in quarterback rating. It's 14th. It's 14th. He's not that bad. I, I think he could be a reasonably decent, useful starter on a lot of teams, especially this year where guys are getting hurt. I mean, he's the best backup in the league and, it was a masterstroke for, um, for Ballard to go out and get him. Uh, he's a guy that I've been wanting to go get now for three years. Uh, I've been screaming and yelling about it. He's just, he is a quality starter. And, you know, even when he plays poorly, he'll make that one play at the end of a game. I don't remember if it was the, maybe it was the game in Germany where he hits downs late in the game on the diving catch. Even when he plays badly, he'll make that one winning play to get you over the hump. And so I, I, I've just been really impressed by the whole team. been really impressed by, by Steichen, who I think is one of three or, three or four guys up for coach of the year, along with Stefanski and D'Amico Ryans and maybe Dan Campbell. Um, and I've been really impressed with Gardner Minshew because he's given them everything they could possibly want and more. Yeah,
2: that third down play he made to Pittman when they were down 13-0 on Saturday, rolling to his right, telling Pittman to kind of right. go go along a little that was such a critical play at a moment where, boy, if you kick it away and Pittsburgh scores again, you know, who who it's knows? Over. Yeah, who knows how that game unfolds. Again, Bob Kravitz with us, bobkravitz.com. I guess aside from Minshew, and I don't really know if Minshew maybe falls into that category, Bob. What has surprised you surprised you the most about this Colts team? Either side of the ball, a player, a unit. Uh, that as we sit here, eight and six, and in playoff position, that you you know, didn't think would necessarily be there at this level this season.
4: Pass rush. Uh, I, if uh, again, uh, you know, when the season began, I thought, where are they going to get the pass rush? I mean, Quiddy Pay started to show some signs. Uh, Odengbo started to show some signs, but I really didn't know where they would get the pass rush from on a regular basis, especially since Gus Bradley is not big on blitzing, and you got to get there with your front four. And the fact that they sit here today, I think they're second in the league in sacks, uh, and and they lead the league in in, uh, 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 turnover differential, that's surprising to me. That's really surprising to me. But Odingbo's been great. Samson Abicom has been great. Uh, Quiddy's been really good. I mean, the the list goes on. So that that's the biggest surprise for me.
1: Bob Kravitz with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, I wanted to ask you. Now I'm having complete brain freeze here. I had one more Colts question that I wanted to ask you, but I can't. Oh, here it is. If they, you know, they have three games left. So if this happens, Bob. And they make the playoffs, okay? And, you know, I think they will right now. And they make the playoffs from what we thought preseason, you know, even during the season, Bob, they were three and five. And then if they end up in the postseason, will this Colts team remind you? Of another team, whether it be a college basketball, college football, or a pro team in this area that we didn't, you know, we kind of left for dead. And boy, here they are in the postseason. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but that will be one of the narratives. You'll write that column in three weeks if they end up making the postseason.
4: Yeah, I, I, well, it's good that I've got three weeks to think about it. <laughs>
1: <So>. <laughs> you two K KB. I mean, that is going to be the narrative. I mean, I thought you thought Bob they would win what three, four games? I had him at five.
4: I, I, I thought they would win three or four games.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I'm still
4: getting crap for that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, and well deserved. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, trying to think. You know, we knew the Butler teams would be pretty good. We didn't know they'd be great uh, back in 2010, 2011. Um, you know, Pacers have rarely really overachieved, you know, they've usually just sort of achieved to their level. Um, well, I, you know what, I, I got to think about that one. So have me on. Mm-hmm. Again. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's going so, to be the narrative a, though. This is like one of those Jake Query
4: questions. You're like, oh, God, he's going to make me think.
2: Spike that <laughs> hot chocolate tonight, Bob, and see what you can come up with on that. I'll end.
4: do that. I'll do that. Yeah,
2: exa- twist your arm there. Uh, all right, last one here for Bob Kravitz. Again, so BobKravitz.com where you can find his latest. Uh, I guess we're saving the best for last, and that's the number one team in the land, the Purdue Boilermakers. To me, whether it was in Maui or Saturday at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, I've seen them win in a variety of ways, and I think that should be encouraging to Purdue fans moving forward and not just, in my opinion, a bit of the lazy narrative of who cares what they do right now. The
4: only thing that matters
2: is March. Where do you fall on what you've seen from Purdue here in the non-conference?
4: They're going to win the national championship. They're going to win the national championship. They're the best team in the league or in the country. Uh, I I think Lance Jones gives them something. They haven't had before. They've got a little more athleticism. Uh, I think Braden Smith has turned into one of the best guards in the country. Um, you know, whether he's a pro down the road, I don't know. Uh, but um, I, I believe I, – I just believe it's time. I think this is going to be the same scenario as was the case a couple of years ago with Virginia where they lose to the 16th seed and come back and win the next year. I, I just – I think it is written.
2: Gosh, and a boy, I think Brain Smith's an All-American, Bob.
4: I do too. I, I don't know if I he's first it.
2: team or what, but you, you can't tell me there's that many guards better than him, his ability to quarterback at all, score when they need to, hit big shots, facilitate, just run the show. I just feel like they're in full control when the ball is in his hands.
4: Absolutely. And, the, the you know, the, the things that scare me about teams they might face in the first, I mean, you just know – that they're gonna face some um, smallish athletic no name team in the first round. It's gonna scare the hell out of them and they're gonna handle it. Uh, I, I really believe I, I just think I just believe it's time for them to, to take that next step. And I, I think I think that once they get past the first or second round, it's gonna be it's gonna be easy
1: easy going. Yeah, they haven't had a chance like breathe in the tournament and, and kind of get no, the monkey well, and, off
2: their back. And, and you know what the wild thing to think about all this is? Bob, you bring up Virginia and them coming back and winning the NCAA tournament that next year. They were down 14 points to Gardner-Webb in the opening yeah. round of the tournament oh, that next wow. year. Can you imagine? I mean, <laughs> just picture yourself as a Purdue fan over at Gamebridge Fieldhouse coming up in mid to late March, and all of a sudden... They're the one seed, and insert your sixteen seed here, and they've got a fourteen point lead on you at some point. I don't wish that upon my worst enemy.
4: Oh, it's got to be awful. But you know, I I think once they get past that first game, whoever it's against, you know, maybe Moorhead State, maybe they'll come back. <laughs> uh, once once they get past that first game, I, I just I just feel like they're going to go on one of these massive rolls and just blow people away, kind of the way Connecticut did uh, one year ago.
2: National title prediction from Bob Kravitz with the Boy Makers. I think there's from a lot the of The guy who said the Colts would win three games. <laughs> well, Purdue fans don't want to hear that. Indiana fans do want to hear that. but Yeah, um, that's true. Bob, uh, happy holidays, man. Again, spike that hot cocoa, if you will. And uh, appreciate I appreciate the time, as always.
4: All right, guys. Take care of yourselves.